0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life for Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Tuesday, June 13th. We had a little bit of a unique weekend this past weekend. Christina was out of town, back home in Cleveland, Akron area, and then I had a couple buddies um, visiting that were in town. So our week was kind of just thrown off a little bit. So we pushed the podcast to today on Tuesday, but we we're really excited to get this episode out to you guys. It's all about managing hunger levels, and this is going to apply to any of you out there who are trying to diet or who have dieted in the past you know these techniques and strategies and tips are just going to help you manage those hunger levels so you can have success through your health and fitness journey but before we begin this episode is brought to you by nash nutrition the nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients 20 grams of protein and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates and what a lot of us don't realize is that most of the so-called healthy protein bars you find on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. It's pretty funny. I'll have clients pretty much text me every other week about, different protein bars that they have found or asking questions about, hey, you know, what about this one? And, you know, nine times out of 10, a lot of these protein bars have, unfortunately, a lot of these processed ingredients. And we know that if we consume too much of this processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And so this is why we personally love the Nash bars. We never even have to think twice about the ingredients or any of the negative impact of those ingredients. And they truly are the good for you protein bar. So make sure you guys head to the website so you can get notified on their latest drop, which is going to take place June 22nd at 6 p.m. Make sure you set your reminders, um, set, you know, a calendar event, whatever you got to do to get yourself a box of bars to try, you know, on June 22nd. And so on to today's episode, which is episode 89, eight tips to manage hunger levels. So, you know, through a lot of the work that Chris and I do with clients, it's very evident that, you know, Balancing out hunger is extremely challenging, especially when it comes to dieting or being in a calorie deficit. You know, naturally, when we're in an energy depleted state, in a calorie deficit, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, to manage these hunger levels, you're going to be hungry. You're going to feel, you know, that urge to eat more. And if you're not strategic, you're going to feed into those cravings um, more often than you'd like. And it really comes down to just being strategic about your habits, your routines, um, you know, water intake, um, your sleep, what you're eating, types of foods that you're eating, types of carbs, types of protein, all of these different things play a role in, you know, our ability to remain satisfied and and satiated, um, while still in this energy depleted state. And, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of different things in this episode. And something that really, you know, stands out to me is just the impact of of balanced eating as well. I know that for a lot of the guys that I coach, you know, most of these men come into my program where, you know, they, they, they're they in that loop of underconsumption and overconsumption and underconsumption and overconsumption. And, you know, what I mean by this is like, you know, a lot of the times during the weekdays, um, you know, we're busy with work, we're trying to work out, we're trying to see people, we're trying to do things. And, before we know it, you know we're, we're severely under-consuming from a calorie standpoint during the weekdays, but then we get to the weekends where we have more freedom. And, you know, it's kind of off the rails, like we're eating, you know, double, sometimes maybe even triple the amount of calories we're eating during the week, which is why, you know, a lot of people think, you know, hey, I'm, you know, eating a low amount of calories, why am I not losing weight? But it's that excess caloric intake that's, you know, kind of filling those gaps on the back end over the weekend. So we just wanted to give you guys, you know, real tangible tips, um, you know, so that you can take these things and start applying them to your own health and fitness journey to manage your hunger levels and to ultimately have success.
1: And a huge piece of that puzzle, I like to call it like cutting the BS and that's like the blood sugar roller coaster that we're all constantly riding on. For a long time in my fitness journey, I was like constantly hungry. I would be eating what I call naked carbs, which is like you're just eating carbohydrates on their own. And that's going to have your blood sugar spike come crashing back down. If you think about, I know old me, I'd go out to brunch and I would eat like pancakes or I would get a bagel with like nothing on it in terms of like you're not having a protein source with it. You're not having a fat source with it. Then you're drinking mimosas, that's carbs, 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 no protein, no fiber, no fat to help balance the blood sugar. Then you're hungry 30 minutes later and you're like, I just ate this big meal, like a very calorically dense meal. Why am I so hungry? And that's because your blood sugar is spiking and dropping back down, which means your energy is going to be spiking and dropping back down as well. So how you balance your blood sugar is protein, fat, and fiber. And how you balance it is like making sure with each meal, you're balancing that blood sugar curve. We always talk about protein. We'll talk more about it on today's episode, making sure at each meal, I'll go over our go-to meals and point out each of these components, but protein, one of the most satiating macronutrients, which it's not the first time you guys have heard that from us. Fat is also a very satiating macronutrient. It's amazing for your hormones. It's also more calorically dense, and that's why it keeps you fuller for longer compared to carbohydrates. And then fiber also keeps you full because it adds bulk to your food different types of fiber. There's a type that keeps you full, a type that keeps you regular. So it's important to have a balance of both. We'll also go more into that in today's episode, but we basically want to hop off that blood sugar roller coaster by making sure your go-to meals are made up of those three things. So think PFF, protein, fat, fiber. If you look at our go-to meals, we talk about all the time. We both have protein notes for breakfast. The oatmeal is a complex carbohydrate, so it's going to keep you fuller for longer, but we do pair it with protein. We pair it with a fat source with a nut butter. We put our protein powder in there. We put nut butter in there. And then I add raspberries to mine, which adds in fiber on top of the fiber that comes along with the oatmeal. Then we have chicken thigh for lunch with sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are high in fiber. It's a complex carbohydrate. Chicken thigh is full of protein and it's a higher fat chicken source. So we get both in one ingredient. Our dinner is shrimp. So it's a very high protein meal. We have to eat a lot of shrimp because it is a volume food, which also helps to manage hunger levels. You feel like you're eating a lot more for less calories. We also have a complex carb in there which is the rice quinoa mix, making it very easy. We use microwave rice just so it's easier to log and cook. In the moment, we add cucumbers to it, which is a fiber source as well. Then we add avocado, which is our fat source and avocado is actually a sneaky high fiber source as well. So it's very high in fiber, fat, ton of protein in that meal. And then we add a salad starter, which is just like one of those pre-packaged salad things. We don't add like the seeds, we don't add the dressing those ones we buy don't even come with that, but there are ones I don't want you guys to confuse it with that. It's literally just like a bunch of like greens, basically a salad mix. And that helps create even more volume for us. And even if you're someone who's on the go and you want to have like a protein shake, if you just have protein and like water in it, it's not going to keep you as full as if you were to put a nut butter in it, make it with an almond milk, put some fiber in it with some fruit, then you're good to go. That will keep you fuller for way longer. So Hopping off the blood sugar roller coaster is the main thing we want to start today's episode with because a lot of your hunger levels are tied to that. But also here I'm talking about complex carb and simple carbs. So Zach's going to dive a little bit deeper into that before we go into the eight tips.
0: Yeah, and this is a topic that I don't think a lot of us just think about when we're doing our just daily eating, when we're going to restaurants, when we're hitting the fast casual spots like Chipotle. But there is a big difference in the impact that complex carbohydrates have and simple carbohydrates have on your hunger levels. You know, the example that I always think of with this is, you know, the white rice, brown rice. Like not very different, not a whole lot different from a caloric standpoint, but it is going to drastically impact your hunger levels because if you're eating you know that brown rice which is more of a complex carb you're going to be fuller for longer because it's going to take longer to digest but white rice is going to be a more of a simple carbohydrate and you're going to be hungry shortly after because your body's going to process and digest that white rice so much faster Um, you know, and this is going to directly impact those hunger levels. If you're eating those complex carbs, you will be fuller for longer. If you're eating more simple carbohydrates, you're going to be hungrier quicker. And so, you know, another thing I think of is just like, think about, about like eating like a bag of chips, like most bags of chips, like I could probably down like a whole family size bag of chips and really not be like super full but you know if i sat there and i ate you know say a whole thing of blueberries i'm going to be like so much more full from those blueberries versus those chips and you know this is how we can manage those hunger levels From a carbohydrate standpoint and so you know as chris and i are working with individuals who are you know say trying to achieve that calorie deficit and you know pull those those calories a little bit lower than maintenance where naturally we're going to be once again in that energy depleted state this is when we want to lean into those complex carbohydrates because they're going to keep us fuller even in that energy deficit state. Um, and this is something that I always talk with Chris about, about, you know, even our own meals, where like I'll be in a clear deficit based off the total volume that I'm consuming in a given day calorically. And I'll tell her, like, I am shocked at how full I am. And it's because we're filling those meals with complex carbs, like sweet potatoes, for example. And I know we're all different, but for me personally, like sweet potatoes leave me so satiated. Like it is probably the most satiating carbohydrate that I do eat of any of my meals i definitely feel the most full um, after consuming sweet potato and i know that our oats in the morning like christina talked about is a great volume food for or is yeah is it just a great volume food and complex carbohydrate that we lean into in the mornings which always kind of sets the tone for the day and then also leading into like that quinoa brown rice which is also going to leave you far more satiated Um, you know, than a white rice, for example. So it's crazy guys, how those little swaps can make the biggest difference in the way your body responds. And a lot of times you're going to have to find for yourself, you know, what volume foods work best for you. What volume carbohydrates or complex carbohydrates leave you the most satiated, you know, with your eating habits. And, you know, it takes, you know, kind of playing around with those. But we know for a fact that, you know, the vegetables, the like vegetables, the fruits, um, you know, the complex carbs, like the sweet potatoes, brown rice, um, whole wheat breads and pastas and bagels, all of those types of carbohydrates are going to keep you fuller for longer. Speaking of keeping you full too, protein intake is Absolutely crucial. And I'm telling you right now, if you're someone who thinks you're eating enough protein, I can almost guarantee you're not. Um, You know, most guys that I coach will come into my program heavily under eating on protein, even though they'll tell me, you know, hey, I'm hitting, you know, at least my one gram per one pound of body weight. But to be honest with you guys, we're honestly just set up for failure. Like when we go to different restaurants, we go to fast casual spots, they're not giving you a lot of protein. I mean, think of any restaurant, think of any, um, you know, food spot that you go to it's all carbs. It's all fats. We're constantly bombarded with carbs, fats, carbs, fats, so much so that, you know, we don't get enough protein when we, when we're eating out, you know, for example, I know that like Chipotle, they give you about four ounces of chicken in their, in their, um, burrito bowl. And like in my dish for lunch, I eat about 15 ounces of chicken to, to hit my total protein goal for the day. Cause I like to distribute my meals across three meals. Um, But you kind of get the point that, you know, when we just let these restaurants or we let these places determine the protein intake for us, it's well under, you know, where we should actually be at. And so if you're a guy, you know, who weighs 200 pounds and you're trying to hit 200 grams of protein, like you will be shocked at how difficult it really is to hit that full 200 grams of protein so typically you know what we'll see is when we start shifting um, the eating habits or helping our clients shift their eating habits um, over time and working with us what we find is when we start closing that gap between that one gram per one pound of body weight those hunger levels start to drastically change so when we start to actually give ourselves the amount of protein that we actually need our hunger levels will decrease substantially so that's why we need to be seeking out, protein at every single meal. And then more importantly, really paying attention to those quantities, like at minimum getting that 30 to 40 grams per meal. But at the end of the day, guys, it really comes down to, you know, how many grams of protein you specifically need. So if you're someone, you know, for example, that needs 200 grams of protein and you want to eat four meals a day, you got to eat 50 grams at each one of those meals. So this is why the easiest way to do this is to calculate, okay, what is my body weight? And that is how many grams I should be eating in protein. And then how do I distribute that across you know my two meals my three meals my four meals and you know I just actually had a buddy in, in town this past weekend and he was eating some of our meals with us yesterday before he left for the airport and he was even saying he's like oh my gosh like I never eat this much protein at my meals but I'm like so much more like satisfied and I'm and I'm feeling much more full and I'm like yeah dude you know this is what, we, what we're always talking about like protein really does help you battle those hunger levels and keep you fuller for longer. And like we always talk about, you know, protein is also going to help you build more lean mass. Your body's gonna burn more calories, literally digesting protein and breaking it down inside your body. Um, So as we know, there's so many benefits to that protein intake, and we gotta be intentional about seeking it out. Because as I just said, you know, when we eat out at these different restaurants and fast casual restaurants, they're not going to give you the amount of protein that you actually need. So there's a good chance on some of those salads and some of those entrees to ask for double meat, maybe even triple meat, um, depending on who you are. But that protein intake is crucial as it relates to managing your hunger levels.
1: Yeah. And it's made me think about when we go out to eat and we're like, I'll have double tuna steak, I'll have double shrimp, I'll have double chicken. And everyone's always like, are you sure? Just because it's such a shock that we're asking for more than four ounces of protein. but. It's okay to be different. And we promise you your body will adapt and it will respond really well if you're hitting that protein intake. And I'll say that's like the number one thing that I see like on our check-in forms with our one one clients we ask like how are your hunger levels? Like one to five. Anytime I see like a three, four, or five, meaning like you're feeling super hungry protein is always low that week. Like I can automatically go into like our software. We train clients and see like what was lacking and why hunger was high. And it's always protein or fiber intake for the most part, which is the second thing that's going to help you manage your hunger levels. And everyone's body responds differently to fiber. I will say there's a daily recommendation for men and women, but everyone has that perfect sweet spot. And I'll kind of explain mine and how you can find your own, but I wouldn't recommend going from what you're currently eating. If you have like five grams of fiber per day, to this daily recommendation, because your body is not going to respond well right away, you have to work yourself up in increments. If I say, I would say like five. So if you're starting at five grams of fiber, no wonder you're so hungry. First of all, number two, I would start at like ten. Do that for a couple of days. Go up to fifteen. Try that for a couple of days. Then go up to. 20, 25. So the daily recommendation for women is 25 to 35. My perfect sweet spot happens to be 27 grams. If I eat over 30, my stomach hurts. It changes my digestion. If I eat below that, same thing happens. So there's such thing as too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And that means if you go over that like 35 gram mark, your stomach could hurt. You could see some cramping, some bloating. So just be very mindful of not eating too much fiber in one day or in one sitting because you have to space it out evenly to properly digest it. For men, the daily recommendation is 35 to 45. Once again, you may have a perfect sweet spot, maybe around 38. If you go over 40 and you notice you start to see your digestion slow down or that cramping, like I mentioned, or your stomach hurting, you really have to be mindful of what your perfect sweet spot is and pay attention to it each day as you're pre-logging, just like you do with your protein. Fiber is so important. It keeps you full, keeps your digestion regular. And it's really important if you're in a calorie deficit too, because it's gonna naturally cause you to eat whole foods. And we'll talk about that more later. Like if you're not eating a certain amount of goal foods, and your day's full of like if it fits your macros, like Pop Tarts, cookies, ice cream, your fiber is going to be non existent, which means your hunger is going to be high, your digestion is going to be thrown off, and also fiber helps to regulate your blood sugar as well. So, if you're noticing that big spike in blood sugar, it's because you're eating meals that are low in fiber, they're spiking your insulin, your glucose, and we have to pay attention to pairing those high carbohydrate foods with the protein that Zach was just talking about and with fiber intake. And then you won't be hungry between meals. You won't be snacking as much and you won't have as many cravings because you're managing your hunger levels through these proper tools, which we should just be incorporating naturally into our meals.
0: And number three is water intake. And this is one that I you know, definitely messed up on this past winter time. I feel like last winter, I was really struggling to manage my hunger levels, manage my um, calories in general, and just my energy balance of en- calories in and, and my energy output of my calories and energy out. And so I know that two areas where I was lacking was I was not tracking my NEAT, my non-exercise activity thermogenesis through steps, and I was not tracking my water intake. And Both of these things made a profound impact on those hunger levels and on my results and especially that water intake because I'm definitely one of those guys where, you know, I'm always per se, you know, hungry. And I feel like a lot of us who say like, oh, I'm always hungry, there's a good chance we're just not drinking enough water. And just like many other things that we do, if we're not tracking it, it's going to be really difficult to do intuitively. And so what I did is I just bought a 40 ounce water bottle and started tracking how many of those I was having a day. And it was eye-opening you know, how limited my water intake was prior to buying that water bottle and tracking it. Because once again, we're all super busy. We have a million different things going on. The last, literal last thing that people are thinking about is, hey, I need to go fill my water up and drink some water. like. It's it's like the la- like last thing on people's to-do list. So carry a water bottle around. It will make a huge difference and it will remind you to constantly have that hydration as a priority in your life. I, I know that that's helped clients of ours just literally carrying around that physical water bottle it can just be such a great reminder to hit this goal. So at minimum, we should be getting half of our body weight in ounces of water per day. So this, for me, for example, would be around 105 ounces of water with me being about 210 pounds in body weight and so for me I just make it simple and I use a gallon as my reference point and I have a 40 ounce water bottle and I know if I drink you know three of those a day I'm hitting my 120 ounces for example and you will be shocked at the difference that this makes, even on your energy levels, something that I would always notice too during that, um, you know, winter time was that like my energy levels were super low, and I was always just going straight into coffee, not hydrating, and I was always feeling just that crash in the afternoon, and just feeling super low fatigue, low, low brain power, just brain fog, and it made such a difference just hitting this hydration because it really will not only impact those hunger levels, but it will also improve your energy levels.
1: And to give another example of how this impacted our cravings last summer, I think it was on the weekends, we were like snacking so much on popcorn. We would go to Whole Foods before the weekend and just buy a bunch of snacks. They were 1% better snacks. Like they were had complex carbs in them. They were popcorn. They were, you know, things that were quote 1% better, but we were eating them in excess and we were like, why are we so hungry on the weekends? Obviously we're sitting around more We're more relaxed. We're just at home more and a little bit more bored than we are during the weeks. We're so go, go, go. And, you know, in our routines. And we were like, oh my gosh, what's the one habit we're missing on the weekends? And it was our water intake. So, not only is that going to help you, number one, prevent hangovers, number two, it's going to help you feel less bloated after the weekend. If you're eating out, your sodium is going to be higher when you're eating at restaurants, but also it's going to improve your cravings. If you're sitting around munching on things, not because you're truly hungry, but just because you're bored, think about, like, did I hit my water today? And I have a couple of clients in my group chat this week. They were asking, like, what do you guys do when you have cravings? And I always sit back and ask, like, did I hit my water? Like, right now I'm actually behind in my water. I have a whole other. 40 ounce turfest thing that I drink as well. My goal is a gallon a day. And until I hit that water goal, I'm not going to go over my calories and like divulge into my cravings because the reason I'm hungry is because I have not hit my water goal yet for today. So that's going to help you with your cravings on the weekends. And it's also going to help just overall in your health and fitness journey. Water is something that should be a non-negotiable. But the fourth thing we want to talk about that's going to help you manage your hunger levels is balanced meals. I kind of already talked about like the main components you want to have at each meal that helps keep you full protein, fat, fiber, and complex carbohydrates. If you build your meals around this, you're not going to be snacking between meals. You're not going to be super hungry after dinner. And if you are think back to what you had for dinner, nine times out of 10, I would say you're missing one of those components. You either didn't have a fat source. You didn't have enough protein at that meal. You didn't have a fiber source. Like if you eat a meal, that doesn't have any color to it. You can start there, and that's gonna dramatically improve your hunger levels because you're adding more volume, you're adding more micronutrients. If you're feeling super hungry, we have to just add in more whole foods, and that's gonna help you in a calorie deficit stay fuller for longer. And it's gonna help you create a balanced plate of satiating ingredients.
0: And number five is spacing out your calories evenly. And so, this is something that definitely hits home with me because I feel like I was caught in that loop for a long time of underconsumption and then overconsumption over the weekend so bad that i was literally eating like one meal a day at one point when i was working my job um, and i was a sales manager traveling all the time I was literally eating like one meal a day probably at least at my bmr if not even below i would i would say even below my bmr so definitely not healthy and then i'd get to the weekend i'd overconsume um on my calories through food through drinks and so i was caught in that loop for a long time and my hunger levels were all over the place. And like I said earlier, the beginning of this episode, that's what I see all the time with guys that I coach. And I just feel like we got into this just like fitness culture of intermittent fasting, where like everybody started intermittent fasting, where like, I would say like 90% of the people I talk to say like, they don't eat breakfast in the morning, they don't really eat much at all until at least lunch. And then if not dinner, and what this has inadvertently done is over time, like, people's natural tendency like if they want to see more results is they just keep eating less so like you get into this mode of intermittent fasting where it might not have been a huge deal at first but then you just like keep eating a little bit less and keep eating a little bit less and before you know it you know you're at that bmr or even below that bmr and then that's completely throwing your hunger levels out of whack because you're in such an extreme deficit that when you get to the weekend or a few days go by those hunger levels are going to spike through the roof and you're just going to want to eat absolutely everything in sight and so this is why you know when chris and i are coaching clients we have them hit a specific calorie and protein goal every single day. And what happens is is when you start hitting that that target every day, you know, we look at a few weeks to like a few months as a whole and those hunger levels become so much more managed because we're giving our body a routine amount of energy intake and our body is using that as information you know our our inputs that we are inputting into our body and what we're doing for our body is directly affecting the outputs the results that we're getting and so this is why keeping those Just calories more spaced out and and evenly distributed throughout the day will really help you manage those hunger levels because, you know, there's a good chance if our intake is all over the place, our hunger levels will be all over the place and our results will be all over the place. And so, this is why it's just so important to also be mindful of how much processed food is within our diet because, you know, we want to be able to take a step back and look at, okay, what all did I eat in a given day? Was most of it, you know, lean, healthy proteins and, and healthy carbs? fat sources, or was the majority of it more processed foods? Because if it is more processed foods, those are naturally going to carry more calories. So we're going to be getting most of our calories from those processed foods versus those more quality nutrients that are going to improve ultimately our metabolic health. And so this is why it's so important to understand that certain foods carry more calories than others, for example, because, you know, if we're eating something that's taking up a ton of calories, we're just naturally not going to be able to eat a lot of that thing. Like I always think about, I like to eat brisket every now and then, but it just unfortunately carries like a shitload of calories. Um, so unfortunately, like I could eat, you know, two, three of my normal meals that would literally cover the same amount. Of calories as like one serving of the brisket that I eat. So that's where like I can be way more satiated, way more satisfied, you know, distributing those calories across those two, three meals versus just eating that one food that's going to absorb all those calories um, as it relates to my total caloric intake. You know, Christine always talks about it as like your budget, like your calorie budget. I love that analogy because it really is the same as like our financial budget. You know, we have so many calories we're trying to distribute. And if we let, you know, one food or like one snack take all those calories we're just not going to be in a good place when it comes to our calorie distribution. So this is where we want to lean into more of those whole foods, you know, 80, 90% of the time, and then leaving 10 to 20% of the time for those more processed foods or for those foods that we wouldn't, you know, say always eat.
1: Yeah. And to expand on that a little bit more, number six is eating more whole foods than processed foods. And to give an example of a situation. Very recently, on Sunday, I came home from celebrating my best friend's birthday. I drove home from Cleveland to Columbus. And by the time I got back, I logged what I ate during the day. And this is just like... Um a reminder on being prepared I always bring like Koya drinks with me which is like a protein like a pre-made protein shake and then I typically bring like a Go Macro bar or Nash bar and at this time I had Go Macro bars which are higher in calories don't have a lot of protein but they're still like really whole ingredients they're still whole foods but I filled my day with mostly snacks like I stopped at Starbucks I got a breakfast sandwich I ate a Go Macro bar and I drank a Koya shake By the time I got home I had eaten through like 75% of my calories and it was 2 p.m. and this is like not the norm for me. I'm normally way more prepared than that. I will say I was coming off of a night of going out and lack of sleep, which is going to tie into like another thing that's going to manage hunger levels, which is sleep coming up here soon. But basically, this was a big L for me because I realized like I did not evenly distribute my calories. Most of my meal or my calories were snacks, they weren't whole meals like full of protein and micronutrients. My fiber was super low this day, and that caused me to like go into my success range and even go over my calories on Sunday. And once again, that's not the norm for me, but you can see how easy it is. Like I was prepared enough to bring those things with me, but I wasn't prepared enough to pre-log and be like, okay, if I eat these snacks on my way home and I stop at Starbucks, I'm not going to have enough calories to my protein goal for the day. And that's where we kind of get stuck in a situation where we're being reactive. And that's how I was on Sunday because I was eating more processed foods than whole foods because on that Starbucks sandwich, even though it was 1% better, like it still was like a simple carb, like bread and a processed like sausage on it. It wasn't even like a chicken sausage. So it, came with a lot of calories. I was literally hungry five seconds later. And that's why I drank my Koya shake in the car because it was low in protein too. So you can see in real time how all of these habits do add up either negatively or positively in your favor. But number six, like I said, is eating more whole foods and processed foods. I have a question on my check-in for my nose act two, too, of like, what is your calorie distribution for goal food? If it's not 80%, that's the first thing we have to solve before we touch anything else. Like, if I go through and I see really high hunger levels with myself too, like, was my sleep on point? Was I eating eighty percent goal foods? And that's the first thing you want to think of is how am I filling these calories? Am I filling it with processed foods, junk, you know, chips, pastries, alcohol, liquid calories coming from like even coffee? Like, I log all my lattes, and it's very eye opening of how much calories they do take up if you get like a large. That's like 300 calories I could be eating towards something that's actually filling. And it will take up your calories. You have to be very mindful of how much of your quote allowance you're allowing to go towards soul food. So in a cut, I would recommend minimum 80%. And to give you like a rough example, let's say your calorie goal is 2000 calories per day for like women out there. If this is guys probably not enough calories for you, but that means if you take 2000 multiply it by 0.8, 80% of your calories is 1600 going towards the goal food. And that leaves 400 calories. You multiply your calorie goal by 0.2 to go towards soul food. So some of my clients, in my fitness pal, you can actually label. If you get on the desktop version, you can label your meals like pre-workout breakfast. And for a lot of my clients who are actively working on that 80, 20 balance and relationship with goal food, soul food, they'll put for their three main meals, goal food, breakfast, goal food, lunch, goal food, dinner. And then for the snack category, they'll put soul food. And that reminder 20 percent if your allowance is 400 calories that category cannot exceed 400 calories if you are actively working towards that fine balance of 80 20. not every day is going to be perfect like i said sunday was not perfect for me but we are we do most of the time and the other six days of the week I am always hitting 80% goal. food, number one. That's what makes me feel my best energetically, digestion-wise. It helps feel the body composition that I wanna create and also have a lot of food intolerances. So it just helps keep it simple. If you're someone with gut health problems, keep your meals simple. If you eat whole foods that are just one ingredient, like oats, eggs, um, just like those go-to, like perimeter of the grocery store foods that are goal foods, like chicken and whole foods, you don't have to worry about like the additives and the ingredients. But when you're eating packaged food and you're eating processed foods and you're drinking alcohol, and leading into those soul foods more then you have to constantly be like in my fitness pal reading ingredient list and that's when tracking becomes overwhelming because you're being consumed by these packaged foods and processed foods which aren't even keeping you full at the end of the day
0: and the irony is if you cook your meals from home nine times out of ten you're going to be able to eat more of the food um that's the irony like You know, most of us that, you know, are hungrier that do have high hunger levels, it really does come down to like the whole foods versus processed foods, because at the end of the day, like if we're predominantly eating all of our calories out, like even Chipotle, like Chipotle is a very healthy alternative comparatively to many of the restaurants that you can eat out at, but they're still using certain cooking oils, still using some minimal processed ingredients that will create, you know, a higher caloric amount for that specific meal versus like kind of making your own where, you know, you would eliminate some of those, um, ingredients and then you could actually eat more of the food that you're making at home. So the more you guys can cook your foods and cook your meals, the better off you're ultimately going to be.
1: I've actually had a client recently. She told me she was getting Chipotle. and was like, I actually made it at home and it tastes so much better. My bowl was double the size. So you're able to eat way more chicken. You're able to actually hit your protein goal versus asking for triple chicken in Zach's case or more um, quadruple chicken. They'd probably look at you like you had two heads, but it actually tastes better because you can season it to your liking. You can make bigger portion sizes. You can swap out like the rice for something that you prefer. Maybe it's quinoa, maybe it's um, you know more of a complex carbohydrate. So it can actually taste even better. That doesn't mean you can never eat out but you are eating most of the time so if you're eating out like multiple times a day or every single day just start limiting it like one percent less maybe eat out one time a day instead of two or if you eat out every single day maybe eat at home one full day and just see how your hunger levels and not only your caloric budget but your financial budget starts to thank you
0: yep and we are like what christina said we are what we do most of the time and so Number seven is getting proper sleep. And so obviously we always recommend between seven to eight hours per night. And so when we start to drop below that seven hour window, it is proven to increase our hunger cravings. And so, you know, definitely be focusing on prioritizing that sleep. And if you say, you know, get, less than seven hours, really try to sneak in a nap, even if it's a quick nap, like even if it's you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it'll make a huge difference in just making up a little bit of that sleep debt to help you recover and help you just feel better, less mental fog and more just on mentally. And you'll just feel better. You'll feel like you'll have more energy sustained you know, throughout the day. So sneak in those naps when you can, but really try your best to prioritize at minimum 7 hours of sleep because when you know we do have that lack of sleep it is going to cause imbalances of our hunger hormones it's going to increase our ghrelin and decrease our leptin and so leptin decreases our appetite while ghrelin increases it and so this is why it's so important to manage those sleep levels so that we can get that 7 to eight, 7 to 8 hours and not disrupt those ghrelin and leptin hormones
1: Another thing that impacts your hormones that then increases your hunger is stress levels. So we talk a lot about stress in this podcast. We have an entire episode actually on the importance of sleep and an entire episode on stress management, but high cortisol levels, which comes from stress leads to higher hunger levels, which then leads to self-sabotage. I know for me, when I do self-sabotage, it's because I'm in a stress state, which means my hunger, it feels like it's higher, but I'm not really hungry. I'm managing my water. I'm managing my sleep. I'm even though I'm eating more protein when I'm in a stress state, all that kind of goes out the window and that's when self-sabotage can come into play. And if you are someone who struggles with high stress levels, I understand not everyone can, you know change their job, which is what I did when I had really high stress levels and burnout. But what you can do is manage the things you can control. So like if you're not able to control what's going on at work, how can you control the things that are going on at home? Can you control how you go into your day by meditating in the morning? Can you journal what your stressors are? Can you go to therapy? Can we walk outside, get some vitamin D? Exercise is a huge way to manage your stress as well. So if you're someone who has like, think of grading yourself on like a one to five. One is like you are cool, calm, collected. Five means you are burnt out, stressed to the max. If you are a four or a five, sometimes even at three, I see it start to impact hunger levels. So really pay attention to your cortisol levels, your stress management, and that can in turn, like, I know it sounds silly that that can make a huge impact on your dieting, calorie deficit, your hunger levels, but it's probably one of the biggest ones that I see make a big impact when you are managing your stress properly. It's much easier to adhere to your protocols if you're in a calorie deficit. So overall, we mentioned a lot of things that are going to help you manage your hunger levels. I'm going to go through them really quickly protein intake, fiber intake, give yourself a little checklist here, water intake, making sure your meals are balanced with protein, fat, and fiber, spacing your calories out evenly, making sure you're eating at least 80 to 90% whole foods and limiting your processed foods. You're at least getting seven to eight hours of sleep and you are managing your stress levels on a consistent basis. Don't just wait until your stress is five out of five, like consistently. Daily, like put in the reps just like you do in the gym at stress management. And I promise you'll reap the benefits of it. So we hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. This was our first episode in our new apartment. So lots more to come in here. We have a little podcast studio. Probably gonna add a video component to that soon too. But I did want to say thank you to everyone for your feedback on our most recent episode on navigating a tough season. I feel like so many of you related to that and opened up to us as well. So we appreciate you guys accepting that episode and also just your feedback and you guys being vulnerable with us too. So We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and we hope you have an awesome week. Be sure to check out the show notes for Nash links and for coaching applications for both Zach and I. We will see you guys next week.
0: Peace out, guys.